so just to start, uh, Shaila I got recently, and then a couple other, then we'll, we'll do it a little differently this week. Um, someone asked me a Shaila like this. They had challah on their table on Shabbos. It was cut up, but they, they were pretty confident they didn't touch it. And it was on their table for Shabbos day. And it was extra, so they put it in a bag. Now, Sunday morning, they wanted to make French toast out of it. So is that allowed? So the Shulchan Aruch writes at the end of Simon Peites of Yeridea, it says, If you ate a milchik meal, and you then want to eat meat, you're not allowed to use the same bread. Now, so it's Pashim. Just to answer the question directly, in such a situation where you have challah that was cut for a Shabbos day meal, this is milchik uh, tefoyeshik, but vice versa as well, if you have challah that is cut with the intention of eating it with deli um, and it's on the table, then you cannot have that challah for French toast. The reason being is because we're afraid, because it was cut for a fleshic meal, we're afraid that people had meaty hands, the hands were schmutzy, and they touched it. They touched this piece, they didn't use it. And even if you say, well, I was careful, uh, there's a rule in halacha that's something that the average person is not particular about. You're not nemon to say. Now, therefore, if a person wants to have challah that's cut at a fleshig meal and they want to save it for something milchik, let's say for shal shudis, for longer shabbosim, lava malka, Sunday morning, whatever it is. So what you have to do is you have to make sure it's not at the table, meaning put it aside, a side of the table that no one touches or take into the kitchen, whatever it is. Now, I will say this. They asked Rav Moshe, Rav Moshe Feinstein, an interesting Shiloh, what happens, the case of the Shulchan Aruch is mamish this case, where you cut up challah for the fleshik meal, for making deli sandwiches, whatever, it was cut up challah for people to be able to eat with fleshik, and then you chose to, I'm going to use it for milchik. What if, that wasn't the case, what if I cut, uh, cut a couple slices, and there's a large chunk of challah, and it's at the table, I then want to, when it's done, I, I wrap it up. I want to use that for, for milchik. So Ramosha says, Ramosha is medayik from the Gra, that Ramosha says on a technical level, that is not going to be a problem. Meaning, technically, the Shulchan Aruch was only concerned about challah that was cut for fleshik, so there's a good chance that your hands, but a large hunk of challah, but Ramosha does say that if you want to be machmer not to use it for milchik, Kaddish it is a good thing to be machmer if you can. It's not as me'ikr hadin, but it is a good thing to be machmer if possible. Okay. I'll tell you another, Shaila. I just, I just realized I should have written this down. That's also why historically there was a minig to, you have to use a different challah knife, because if the knife also, if you have a fleshic knife, and the knife especially, if it's at all dirty, it can be a very big issue. Um, what, do you, what do you do in a situation where it has, you know, it's on a... Yeah, yeah, it's, it could be on the table as long as, you know, if you take it off right away or if you make sure that nobody touches it. If it's a large challah, that's fine. But if it's throughout the fleshic meal and it's throughout the main course and people are mitchering with their hands, you can't just, you know, it should not be used. I, I forgot, it's funny, I, I just, for some reason, this triggered a Shiloh that I, someone asked me a couple days ago. I forgot to write it down, but I'll mention it. It's a very interesting Shiloh. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you just a short, the information I have, okay? I once asked my Rosh Hashiva this. I was, I'll, I'll tell you the whole Misa. This is years and years ago. Case was like this. Sometimes you have in shul, you have a little girl, okay? Not, I'm not talking about whether they should be in the men's section. I'm, I'm not getting involved in that. You have a little girl, she's four years old, okay? 
if I should have been talking to Shalom. Let's do it. It's four years old, four or five years old, whatever. And she goes and she wants to give you a high five. It's whatever, little little girl, little girl. Not related to you. I'm not talking about your daughter, your, you know, granddaughter. Friend of mine. What age is it? Is it also? So that was the Shaila that I had years ago, and I'll tell you exactly the evolution of the Shaila, and I'll tell you the Psak. So I went to my, my <laughs> went to one Rebbe, and he said, we were just more, it was not a Paisic Rebbe, we were just more speaking at the Halacha. He said, well, once they reach the age of three, that's it, you got, you got to be Machmer. The reason why it was also triggered the Shaila is because um, some of them, my, my, uh, you know, they, they have, my, my mother went to her granddaughter's sitter play, and at the sitter place, sometimes the fathers of the daughters are saying, that's okay, because Kalisha is only a problem by a single from girl, is only a problem when they reach the age of Nida, right? When they reach the age of Nida, that's when the Isser of Kalisha kicks in. Under the age of Nida, there's no Isser of Kalisha. If they're a non-Jew, it's Aser even when they're younger. It's also even a little kid. So, like, sometimes you'll have people that they'll, you know, there's certain... You know, you shouldn't be watching any television, but like there are certain shows you really, like American Idol, these type of shows, uh, from men, you shouldn't be listening to women. It's, it's, it's mamish not allowed. And they'll be like, sometimes you'll get this, like, you'll, someone will be like, oh, she was a young little girl, blah, you know, like, uh, did so well. Once, now if it's a Jew, up to the age of Nida is allowed. What's the age of Nida? So Ramayusha says you should be at 11, because you don't know when they start seeing, once they're in Nida, because then they're in Nida, then they're in Erva. A non-Jew is an erva mitzad being in, in a Yehudi. So it's a problem even from the age of three. So I went to my Rosh Hashim, I went to my Rebbe, and he said, well, from the age of three, that's Roy Libia, you shouldn't be able to have contact with a three-year-old. So I told him, I went to my Rosh Hashim of Kalman Epstein, and I told him like this, I said like this, I understand that it's not going to be mutter until she's uh, bas nida, because for a man to have physical contact with a, with a girl, I'm not talking inappropriate, but any physical contact till the girl is 11 or 12, I said, that feels wrong. I said, but three, it doesn't, I said, I, said, I know this sounds like Fira, that doesn't seem like it should be us. Sir. So well, what does is, what is, uh, Rebbe say about it? So I asked Rav Kalman. So Rav Kalman said he's not sure. Okay. Calls me back about 15 minutes later and he says, I have a Maisa Shahaya. This is the Maisa Shahaya. He says he, he, had, he went into Rav Moshe. Also. He said he went into Rav Moshe Feinstein when he was, uh, he had a very complex shayla of, I think, Aguna. It was Aguna or a Gitin shayla. It was a very complicated shayla. And he wanted to speak to Rav Moshe about it. He happened to have his daughter with him at the time, Rosh Hashiva. And he said, my daughter, and this is his Lashon, I'll never forget, he said, she was six years old and she, looks like, she looked like she was six. He said, while Rav Moshe was answering the shayla, Rav Moshe took his daughter, put her, put her on his knee, and was bouncing, was bouncing and, you know, pinching her cheeks like, you know, a grandfather. The reason why I was, I reminded this because last night I couldn't sleep. I went to bed early. I couldn't sleep till like one, two, two o'clock in the morning. And I went down the, uh, the MD Yarmish, uh, YouTube channel, uh, tunnel. There's a, there's a Yid, his name is MD Yarmish, where he just has old videos of G'daylam. Like videos of, you know, Rav Yaakov and Rav Ruderman. And he has videos of Ramosha. So I was watching this last night, and you see his little, he's playing with little kids. So Ramosha so was playing with, uh, with Rav Kalman's daughter, just playing Mitri, which, by the way, always like, stood out to me. He's answering like the most complex Shilas in existence, and his mamish is playing like, like, a, like it's a game. So Rav Kalman said, Vaisdachais up to six is mother. So I'll tell you the halacha. The halacha is like this, and it's, it's, a, it's a very, it's a very 
hazy answer, and you should ask a shayla. But the answer is like this: I saw afterwards that in the uh, in the laws of uh, children in halacha, I believe. Again, I forgot to check this up. I, I believe in children in halacha. But Rav Simcha Bunukoni brings down that he asked Rav Moshe this shayla, and Rav Moshe said that the psak is similar to that of the chazanish when it comes to davening in front of a girl who's not dressed so appropriately. So what's the halacha about a girl who's uncovered her, let's say, upper arm? A little girl, sometimes a little girl comes into shul, she's not covering her upper arm. So when she's an adult, you can't daven. That's a part of the body that's supposed to be covered. You're not allowed to daven in front of, in front of such, it's considered an erva. So what about a child of what age? So the Mishavura brings down in Bir Halacha, he brings down that from the age of three, you have to be machmer. The Chazanish disagrees. The Chazanish says, I don't have an exact age. But the Chazanish says, once they start becoming like a, like a, like a, instead of a little girl, to a young woman. That's the Chazanish says. He says he doesn't really have, some say seven, some say eight, some say nine. The Chazanish says, I don't have an exact Gedder Advarim, I don't have an exact age. I think Revavadi, if I'm not mistaken, I think six or seven, he says you should be Machmer. But he says, it's once the little girl is no longer a little girl. She's a young woman, whatever that means. So Ramayusha said that's the same Cheshman when it comes to physical contact. So practical halacha, uh, definitely once the age of six, you should definitely be Machmer. Even five, you start playing in that game. It depends on the age of the girl, the maturity. A two, three-year-old girl who wants to give you a high five is not a problem. But that's just, uh, you know, one of the shilas that I got. Again, I should have checked up the exact, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that they say, while the Chazanish didn't give it an exact age, and Ramayusha never gave an exact age, I think he said six or seven. That's the Hashara of the modern-day Paiskim. But it all has to do with this hazy shita, the Chazanish, as to the exact age. Uh, that, that's the Lashon. Okay, so the Mishabura brings down in Simon Ayin Hay in the Bir Alocha, the Tefach Bi'isha Humebas Gimel Shan of Yoimechad. That once the girl is from three ages and old, and she ha- she ha- you can't dive in front of a Tefach and it's uncovered. But according to the Mishabura, that would also mean, I had a little bit of Agamas Nefesh in history of Hashivain, a little tiny bit, that there were people sometimes that would want to bring their daughters into the shul. The daughters were a little older, and it, it wasn't so appropriate anymore. But according to the Mishabura, once they're three, they mamish have to be covered. A lot of times, a three-year-old girl, I understand, there's no, no time on the parents, they're not going to, you know, dress like they're from Meisharim. But according to Mishavura, from the age of three, but he brings down from the Chazanish, Anytime nobody thinks about them in any other way than just being children. That's what he says in Mother. The Chazanish says, He says, uh, the Chazanish says, I can't tell you the exact age. I, I could just tell you, it depends on the maturity. That, that's what the Chazanish says. That's what Ramosha applied to physical contact as it brings down in Simcha Bunim's book, and that would also explain the Misa of Ramosha. Okay. Um, uh, I want to run through, if you don't mind, just for a few minutes, instead of going through a specific child, I just want to mention, because people ask me that, I'll mention everything I know about it very, very quickly. Two specific topics. Um, the first one being Malava Malka. Yeah, people keep asking me a certain child about Malava Malka. I just want to mention, just mention there's a Mishavura in Simon Shin. The Mishavura in Simon Shin writes the following three lines. I'll just read it to you, and it has a lot of information. The, the Indian of Malava Malka is the same way you're supposed to honor Shabbos as it comes in, 
You have to say goodbye in a bakavadig away. The same way you have a lavish like a goodbye party. Therefore, you shouldn't push it off too long. You should do it right after Shabbos if you can. If you're not interested in eating, okay, so then don't push it off past Chatzais. Fine. They bring down that there's a little bone in the body that they call the luz bone. They say it's near the nape of the neck, whatever this means. And it's, it's the only aver that doesn't decompose. And that's the bone that Tchis HaMesim comes from. And that bone only gets nourishment from the Malava Malka. It's a very big Indian. And he says though, but it's not as much of a chiv as the shal shudas. Now the reason why this is nageya is because when this time of the year, in the winter, where, um, where it's so early, it is difficult for some people to eat malava malka and shal shudas. It's actually more just difficult for them to eat shal shudas. It's not malava malka as much because malava malka is so long. You should eat shalshudas more than malav malka. Malav malka is not a chiv as much as the shalshudas. The three sudas are hayoyim, hayoyim, hayoyim. It says it's at least musker in the pasuk. The mishabur writes shalshudas is enoy chayva alav kumoy hagibel sudas. Malav malka is not as mechuyiv as sudashlishis. And therefore, if a person has a choice, he's like, listen, if I eat shalshudas, I will not be able to eat malav malka. That's more nagei in the wind, in the summers. Shalshudas. That, that's the psak of the mishabura. Um, uh, women should eat uh, Malav Malka. They are included in the obligation just like men. Uh, Adar Abed is actually, it's one of the schoolers that is brought down from Ramelech Lezhensk. That is a schooler for easy childbirth is to eat Malav Malka for a woman when she's pregnant to eat Malav Malka. It's a big Indian. Zashita of Rav Nevensal, Rav Nevensal brings down that he believes from a Taisvis that the ikr, that, that a form of the fulfillment of Malava Malka can be, say that funny, it can be fulfilled on Sunday. Therefore, he says, you're able to be Mekayim Ad Yom Rishon. Therefore, he says, if there's a situation where you did not eat a proper Malava Malka, where Malava Malka Lichachila is bread, if you can't do bread, then have Mezainus. If you can't have Mezainus, then have proteins. If you can't have protein, then fruit or at least coffee and tea. That, that's the, the lay, the, you know, the, the information from the Mishburah. Let's say a person doesn't eat anything, beloved Malka, or whatever, he eats a little bit, nothing much. And Sunday morning when he's having breakfast, Rav Nevensal says, Mechavin, you should be eating for Malava Malka, because according to, according to his diak from Taisvis, that's the ikr that you can mechayim Malava Malka on Sunday as well. Well, I guess until Sunday will be till the afternoon, but it, it, you're supposed to do it right after Shabbos. If you can't do it right after Shabbos, do it at Chatzais. If you can't do it at Chatzais, or Vavadi is medayik from Amaisa the Gra, that you could do it until Alois, because the story goes that the Gra once ate, Gra the Gra's wife? I don't remember, I think it was the Gra's wife or the Gra? I think it was the Gra's wife. The Gra's wife ate, she was sick and she threw up. They, and the Gra said, it's before Alois, eat again. So it's medayik, that you could do Malav Malka Ad Alois until Alois of Sunday morning, and they bring down from Rav Nevensal that he says you could even do it until Sunday afternoon. One more halacha regarding this, um, and then we'll go to the next topic, is Rav Avadio. Rav Avadio has an interesting header. Rav Avadio Sef has an interesting header, and that is, let's say, a person has challah that's frozen. Yeah? He has challah that's frozen, and it's Shabbos afternoon, and he wants the challah for Malav Malka. Right? He wants the challah from Malava Malka. Okay, so the point is, Ravadia says 
you could open up the freezer on Shabbos, take the challah out, and let it thaw for Molava Malka, and it's not considered hachana. That's what he says. Meaning, you'd think, this is, this is always Negea, Shaila, that you have when the first day of Yom Tif, right? Like, let's say you want to take food out of the freezer, right? From the one day of Yom Tif to the second day, you can't cook, right? You have to wait for it to be to the end of Yom Tif to, in order to cook. But the Shaila that I always get is, can I take food out of the freezer and just let it thaw so that by the time the second day of Yom Tif starts, I'll be able to cook right away. So the Shmir Shabbos Kilchaz said, no, because that's Achana. What, what are you taking something out of the freezer for for tomorrow? That's Achana. Ravavadi is lenient. The Ravavadi, and by the way, he's lenient over there, and he's lenient over here by Malva Malka as well. The reason being is because he says like this, Achana preparing is a very, it's a very subtle halacha, right? You can't roll the Sefer Torah from one day to the next of Yom Tif, because that's Achana. Right? Everyone says that's Achana. You, if, if, it's, if it's Shabbos going into Yom Tif, you can't bring a machs around Shabbos. Ah, oh, it's Achana. But everyone brings their talus home, Shabbos day. Why is that not Achana? You're not using the talus. What's the answer? That's normal usage. Achana <laughs> is very subtle. Basic, it's very hard to define Achana, but one of the definitions of Shana Zalman says is Achana is something that people look at and they're like, whoa, what are you doing? It, it's like clear. You understand? It, it like, it like, if, if, if you see someone on Shabbos day rolling the Sefer Torah, you're like, what are you doing? Oh, because tonight's Yom Tif, Achana. You bring a machzor on Shabbos for sukkahs. You're like, what, what are you doing? That's achana. In the in the in the in the uh, kitchen, taking stuff out of the freezer, putting stuff in the freezer. That doesn't that doesn't make anybody a big roshim. That that just looks like the normal process of what's being done. That's what Ravadia Shita. Ravadia says he's being makel for a mitzvah. Meaning he's not just doing this because you want to have you know because you want this is from Malava Malka. So from Malava Malka he's makel. You have to be careful. To take something out of the freezer, you have to make sure it's not muksa. A lot of times, if it's inedible and it won't be edible till after Shabbos, then it might be muksa. So you got to put muksa aside. My point is, listen, if, if the meat's raw, you want to take raw meat out on Shabbos because you want to make a barbecue matzah Shabbos. Forget about hachana; raw meat is muksa. So, my, my, but my point is, if you want to take challah out, that is not much of an issue. Uh, very quickly, I probably should have started this with this, but we're here. Um, I want to run through. S- when it comes to frozen challah being for Lechemish, it's actually a big Shiloh in the Paiskim. There were some Paiskim who were not in favor of it, but the Paiskim that were in favor felt that it's because it could naturally uh, thaw out very quickly. Challah does not take a long time to, to, to unfreeze. Um, okay, just to mention some halachas, I, I was going to run through everything. We'll see if I can. It's not too much time. Um, some halachas regarding waiting six hours. And all that, <laughs> you're going to have a, we'll talk afterwards about this. I, I know, I know. I know, don't worry. Three hours is a thing, maybe. No, no, it is. Oh, no, it is. Um, okay, but kids are like this. The Gemara says that you're supposed to wait after eating meat, before eating dairy, bein suda lesuda. Okay? There's a, basically two shitas amongst the Rishonim. What is the definition, bein suda lesuda? The first shita, we'll go with the more Ashkenaz, and then we'll go with the more mainstream. One shita is that of Rabbeinu Tam. And Rabbeinu Tam's shita is, you don't have to wait at all in time. Being suda lasuda just means you have to bench. Meaning, if you have a burger, you don't have to wait one hour, six hours, three hours, five hours. You just bench, wash your hands, rinse your mouth out, eat something, and you're good. Being suda lasuda is posh, just don't eat it in the same suda. The Dutch Jews... The Ramah brings down a minute by the Dutch Jews to wait one hour. So we think that they're being super lenient. They're actually being machmer. They hold that it's mutter miyad, 
they hold that you, you, it's mutter right away. They're being machmer to wait an hour. Okay, an hour, they're being machmer to wait an hour. Then you have the other sheet of that of the Rambam. The Rambam says, no, there's a time. From the amount of time you have to wait from the time of one meal to the next. In the times of the Gemara, the baker had two meals, and the time in between those meals was six hours. So therefore, Bein Suda Suda is a time thing. You have to wait six hours. We'll get to the reason in a minute. So amongst the Rishonim, amongst the Rishonim, there's one, uh, there's Miyad, and then it evolves into one, and then you have six. Now within the opinion of six, there's a couple different variations. Okay? We're all familiar with the, well, I, okay, Moshitas that wait six are six full. Full Shlemas. Full six. Full, full on six hours. Obviously, if someone does not know what their minig is, they should wait six full hours because that is the majority of Jews. But, there is a shita that it's five and a half. Now, the reason why that became very popular, Rav Avadi is making for five and a half for younger children, but the reason why it became popular is Rav Aaron. Rav Aaron held five and a half himself, and therefore Lakewood held five and a half. I was told that in the Lakewood lunchroom, like five and a half, like Lakewood holds five and a half, because Rav Aaron held five and a half. What's the significance of five and a half? Where does that come from? This is where it comes from, Okay. In halacha, you have throughout many areas of halacha that once you have, it's 30 minutes away, that's eh, close enough. Within a half hour, eh, it's close enough. So Rav Aaron holds, if you wait five hours and 31 minutes, eh, close enough to six. Close enough to six. By the way, this concept of a half hour being eh, close enough, that probably explains a different minig. From going from meat to dairy... There's the one, the five, the six, the three, the five and a half, whatever. This is manim. But from dairy to meat, the Shulchan Aruch, the Ramah brings down, there's basically three shitas. One shita is mota right away. Another shita is you have to wait the full zman. And the middle shita, which is what most people do, which is that for aged cheese, we wait six. For non-aged cheese, mota right away. But there is a shita of the Zayar, that you should wait between dairy and meat the same amount between meat and dairy. Therefore, chassidim, many chassidim have a minute, they wait a half hour. I don't know if you've ever heard this. They wait a half hour. It's unclear what the source is, but mistama, it's this. And that is, if you want to be machmer like the Zayar, that for all dairy, you should wait the full shear. And you're not going to wait full six hours. You wait one hour, which is what Dutch Jews, which is a legitimate shita. So really, you should wait one hour. You wait a half hour, eh, close enough. That, that's Mustama where the half hour came from. So you have six hours, you have one hour, you have five and a half, and then you have five into the sixth hour. Five hours and one minute. Which is, I, I've, I've met some people have this shita. Five hours and one minute. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the five hours and one minute shita, to me, this is always a theory of mine, I believe it came from the Me'iri. The Me'iri wrote a sefer called Magen Avis where he records Minhagim. The reason being is because the Me'iri was living in an area where there were a mixture of Italian and Svaradim and Ashkenazim and Minhagim were becoming a little confused. So he wrote down Minhagim. In that sefer he writes, you should wait chamesh oy sheishois. Five or six. I always felt, I could be completely wrong, that the whole into the six is just five. Which is fine. It's, it's a shita of the Rishonim. That it's five hours. So that's, you got six, you got five, you got one. And then you have the three. Now the three is the German Jews. Now, they, some people do quote it from Bein Aruchim, and Baruch Chaim Kenyaski felt the Rebbein Aruchim is a little, it's not accurate. Basically, it's from the Prichadosh. 
uh, at least to me, it's from the Prichadish. There could be earlier sources, but the Prichadish is a, definitely a legitimate source. A very, very big Paisik. The Prichadish writes that there was a minute to wait three hours, and it made sense, by the way. The whole Indian of waiting six hours was because that was the time period, Bain Suda Lesuda. If in a location where they eat more frequently, then three hours was Bain Suda Lesuda. My, I, I would say this Ravelsky felt that if your Shita is to wait three, you're allowed to do so. Of course, you're allowed to continue doing so. But I, I will say this, and this I've, I've mentioned once before um, there are <coughs> a lot of Erlich who are German uh, from that area that wait three hours. Beautiful. But there are also a lot of modern Orthodox Jews that pick three hours because six was too hard. I would not do that. If it's not your Messiah, it's not your Messiah. If it's your Messiah, hold on to it. If it's not your Messiah and you're picking three hours just for convenience, I, I don't think that that's the proper way to go about it. I, 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 don't, I just don't think that that's... You don't just pick Germanic Minhagim because you're German for the, for the jokes. You know what I mean? I'm German to make it easy. Like, that doesn't make any sense. If, if that's your Minhagim, that's your Minhagim. Uh, apparently, some Jews from London also have it. Chavod, uh, again, whatever. I'm sure people write to me. Whatever their family does, just know if it's your actual family shita, not just because it was too hard and the kids were complaining. Um, now, by the way, although we, there, there is a obviously it goes without saying. This is always the thing. Whenever a couple gets married, the wife follows the minhagim of the husband. So if the wife was waiting six and the husband was one. Or vice versa, she'll she'll follow the minig of the husband. That like all minhagim, that that that's this this would follow. Now, by the way, there is an interesting sheet of the Chassam Seifer. I think I mentioned this once the story that I got a call once. I, I was I used to give a smicha shir, and I got a call once from one of the guys I was learning with, and I hear his wife in the back, and I just I I clearly was called in the middle of an argument, and uh, I said, "What is this about?" And all I hear him saying is, "It is no way that's true." And she said, I'm telling you, they taught me in seminaries. I think I mentioned this myself once. What's the seminary? She said she was pregnant, and she said that she was taught in seminary that if you're pregnant, you could have Basa B'cholov together. So he said, no way. So he called me up, and I said, no, no, no. I said, no, you can't have Basa B'cholov together if you're pregnant. I'd rather not. But, like all miscon- misconceptions, there is some element of truth. What's the truth? The Chassam Seifer writes that if you have a Chayla, that is Fleshik. And stomach's bothering them. The only thing that will settle the stomach is, let's say, coffee, which is probably going to do the opposite. But whatever it is, it, it, they're a chayla, and they don't just have a craving. They really are not feeling well, and they need to have dairy. Some Seifer said you could be makel for a chayla if they waited an hour. Because they're a chayla, and they waited an hour, that's enough. Pregnant women are chayla. Maybe that's where it evolved. That if a pregnant woman is mom, she has a very strong craving. Okay, okay, sure, I, I understand it. I don't think it's something they should be machmer. Uh, they should make it with. But uh, by the way, uh, we'll, we'll run through a couple of other things. I won't take too long. Um, what is the reason why we wait six hours or one hour, whatever it is? What's the reason? So there's two reasons amongst the rishonim: either because meat in between your teeth. Or because when you eat something, it, the fat coats the throat. It's not the stomach thing. People think it's the stomach. That's not a thing. Because when you eat dairy, you can eat meat right away, even though it's being decomposed in the stomach at the same time. It's because the meat in between your teeth is significant for six hours, or the meat or the fattiness coats the throat. We're machma like both reasons. Therefore, if you chew meat and you're like, oh, I don't like it, you spit it out, you have to wait. Why? Because it could be in between your teeth. I, it's not coating the throat because you didn't swallow, but it could be in between your teeth, and, and we have to be machma. The Pischei brings down a shita that says, let's say I chewed, not meat, but I chewed rice that was cooked with meat. So l'chorah, I shouldn't have to wait at all. Why? Because there's no fattiness because I didn't swallow. 
there's nothing in between your teeth because I didn't eat meat. I just ate rice that was coated with oil of meat. But says the Prischetshuva, we're machmer. Loi plug, you have to wait six hours. But Ravelski said like this, Ravelski said, that's only true because it's chewing something. But if you take a broth of chicken soup, wish it around in your mouth and spit it out, you don't have to wait six hours. The reason being is because there's nothing coating your throat because you didn't swallow it. There's nothing in between your teeth because you didn't eat anything. You didn't chew anything. So this Negea, sometimes a woman will, will uh, a woman is, let's say, cooking chicken soup. She doesn't want to be fleshy because she wants to check for seasoning. You put it in your mouth and you spit it out. Now, you can't chew chicken and spit it out. because And you can't chew anything that was cooked with meat. But the soup itself, if you just wish it around your mouth, there's welcome to be makel. A few more minutes. Sure. So, okay. Another Misa. I get a call. Uh, so I get a call. I get a call from uh, a guy from Hashivenu. And again, it was another big fight. His uncle was a hot sala guy. And he was like a real Baltruva type. Like, you know, like if, if I tell him it's Osir, like he's going to burn the house down. And his uncle's a hot sala guy. And he noticed that his uncle on a Friday night went to bed at like 11 o'clock, got a hot sala call at 1 in the morning, ran out, came back 1.30, and started drinking coffee. And he's like, what are you doing? He says, I slept already. It's fine. It breaks the six hours. So he's all up in arms, and not only does he say that's us, but now the whole house is trife. So I, okay, like this. There's a, chi- there's a shita of the Chachna Vergain. The Chachna Vergain held, and it's brought down in the Sefer of Avram, that if a person sleeps, you don't have to wait six hours anymore. It's a shita brought down. Revelyashiv held that if you slept for three hours, then it's fine, because then you could rely on a combination of the German Jews and the, and the Chachna Vergain. Now, I, I, what it's probably based on is the fact that there's an assumption that when you sleep, you, your throat uh, is a bad breath and it kills all the meat. I rather don't know scientifically if the reason why you have bad breath in the morning is because you slept or because you haven't eaten or drink, drunk anything. Because I think you're kipper when you don't eat or drink during the day, you also have bad breath. I, I don't know. That's the shita of the Vyasav Ram, of the Goyen of Chachnov. Um, no, but uh, practically, no. We, we don't paskin like that. I, I would not do it. It's sort of like waiting one hour or three hours. If it's not your Messira, I know someone who's an anical of the Chachnav He says, can I rely on it? I said, you, you need to give me at least two other sheets of his. You, <laughs> it can't be the only thing you know about him is he's Mekel. Give me something, give me, you know, give me something. But, but uh, I, I, don't, I would not rely on it, L'Chachila. Uh, but I, if someone did, would I, would I give them Musr and start yelling? No, but I, I don't think it's something that's... There is something. It, it's, it's not made up. It's not halal made up. There's something to it, uh, but I, I, I wouldn't. There's a Maisa. It's a brought down the Sefer Teres, Teres Avis, that, or the Chassam Seifer. It's a Maisa and the Chassam Seifer. I'm sorry, Teres Moshe? I think it was Teres Avis. That they bring down as a biography of uh, the Chassam Seifer. That the Chassam Seifer put, Rav Moshe Shemach quotes this, that the Chassam Seifer put a cup of coffee by his bed. He was going to sleep, and his, obviously he didn't sleep six hours, and his plan was to have coffee in the morning, to rely on this shita. While he was waking up, he knocked it over. And the Chassam Seifer said, that's a sign from Shemayim that this is not... So the Moshe Shnerbach has a whole arichos in the Tshuva, and Tshuva Sanhag is, is, I don't understand, Loba Shemayim he, we don't paskin just based on Simonim, and he has a whole thing that the Chassam Seifer didn't say that because he knocked it over, but because he knocked it over, he said that's Hashem's way of saying, relearn the sugya. And then when he relearned the sugya, I, I don't think it's... I'll, I'll say this, um, two more shilas and then, then we're done um, regarding chinuch what age so Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky 
Zatzal in a Sefer Emes Liyakov, he said over, over in Shir is like this. This is his cheshman. Up to the age of three, you don't have to wait at all. Just make sure they're not eating milk and meat together. So you just, just wipe their mouth. Up to the age of three, he says, you don't have to wait bechlal. Three to six, he says, is a chumrah. You should wait an hour. It's a chumrah. But if the kid's freaking out, oh. six to nine, you should w- wait all six hours. But if the kid's freaking out, he also could be mangled up to the age of nine. So up to the age of three, there's no waiting at all. Three to six, ideally wait an hour if the kid's not losing his mind. Six to nine, ideally wait six hours if the kid's not losing his mind. That's what Rabbi Yaakov says. Uh, one last Shaila, and I, I probably should not do this this late, but I'll very, very, very kitzer. Not everything that's considered meat in halacha makes it that you have to wait six hours. Okay? There's a sheet of Rav Kiveger. And this is brought down by Ramosha, and it's, it's an accepted psak. And that is that if you have an onion that is cut with a fleshic knife or sauteed in a fleshic pan, that onion is basar mamish. Meaning, and if gavina gets mixed in, it is basar becholov. But right, so if kivege, you don't have to wait six hours from that onion. Because a davar harif, while it's considered bisari in halacha, it's not meat enough to trigger waiting six hours. By the way, though, the opposite is not true. Meaning, if I'm already fleshic, because I had a burger, I'm not allowed to have, during the six hours, something cut with a milchik knife, an onion cut with a milchik knife. Because people hear this, that's why I'm always a little nervous, and people don't understand. You have an onion that's cut with a fleshic knife, it's basar. And you have to make sure it doesn't get mixed in with milchik, whatever. You don't have to wait six hours. Because it's not enough meat to trigger. But if I actually had basar and I'm fully waiting six hours, it triggered it, I am now restricted from eating anything that's halachically chalavi. An onion that's cut with a milchik knife is chalav. Therefore, when someone is fleshik, a lot of times they'll say, oh, I, I'll go to a restaurant, I, I'll just eat salad. If there's onions in the salad and it's a milchik restaurant, you can't have it. Or if it's a par of soup. What makes it parav? There's no dairy in it. Is there onions in it? Cut with a dairy knife? You can't eat it when you're fleshing. Now if, again, when it, if you wouldn't trigger waiting six hours. One more halacha just a minute. There's a shaver, a shaver uh, called Shaver Akasi. It's quoted by Yalkut Yosef. He says like this. The same way onions will not make you wait six hours, onions that are fleshing will not make you wait six hours. If you have something that's cooked in a fleshing oven at the same time as fleshing, you don't have to wait six hours either from that. Because that potato kugel, let's say you have a potato kugel that's cooking in a fleshig oven with chicken. Chicken is open. So you have aroma, recha, you have zeya, you have steam. The kugel's fleshig. Avad is fleshig. But the same way the onions are fleshig, but you don't have to wait six hours. The kugel's fleshig vaita, but you don't have to wait six hours. That's what he says. Now, I'm always nervous to tell this to people because they're going to get confused, not going to understand that there's a difference between triggering waiting six hours and bisari in halacha. But that's why sometimes you'll call up a place. I don't blame them. You call up like a, like a meal mart type place, a wasim's, whatever it is. You'll be like, is the kugel, uh, am I fleshik if I eat the kugel? They'll say, yes. You got to ask yourself, I'm not sure. They'll tell you yes because they don't want to... But... but it, for it to be fleshic, there has to be actual basar in it, not just cooked in a fleshic utensil, not just cooked in a fleshic oven, not just having fleshic onions. It has to be mamish bisari, which oftentimes is, is not necessarily the case. Not, I mean, during the nine days, I've asked you this, you said you can't have it during the nine days, but you're not 
Oh, that's a, another. Yeah, if if you have onions that are cut with a fleshic knife, although you may not have to wait, you don't have to wait six hours. You can't eat it during the nine days because it's bisari, meaning it's basar in halacha. It's just not a basar enough to trigger. Make that clear. If the kugel's cooked in the in the cholent. No, 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 no. If it's in the cholent, that wrapping it goes right through. No, that's fleshic. I'm talking about where the kugel is in the same oven at the same time, so the issue is it's exposed to the aroma or potential steam. If it's actually in the flesh, in the in the cholent, that is going straight through the silver foil. That is that is fleshic as fleshic can get. That is uh, no, no. That is that is that is six hour. That is six hour kugel right there. By the way, also one more halacha. I'll, I'll end with this. I know there's a rav in the neighborhood, who, a big rav in the neighborhood, who who said not like this. Bechavod. Uh, He's, he's a much bigger rub than I am, a much bigger Pisces, he knows much more. I can just tell you from the Pisces that I follow, um, if you have uh, a fried, uh, ch- uh, uh, anything that's fried in a fleshic restaurant, uh, that is fleshic. They use the same oil, uh, they sh- fly sh- fry schnitzel in the oil, and then if you have a fried bereka or whatever, that is fleshic. It's the same oil. And uh, yeah, that, that would be a problem. There are Rabbanim who say you don't have to waste six hours. Uh, to me, uh, enough places can say, I, I, I don't understand why not. It's the same oil. It's mamish like drinking chicken soup. The same way if you drink a chicken soup, we wait six hours. That oil is fried with chicken, and then you fry something in it. That is, you're drinking the oil at the stomach. You have to wait six hours.